Hey, listeners, just wanted to let you know that Plan A is going to be doing our third live stream uh, on YouTube this coming Tuesday at 8 p.m. So you can join us there. We are probably going to be talking about um, our reactions to the Oscars because there's a lot of Asian American stuff going on this Oscars uh, and as well um, about Asian American institutions. Uh, check us out uh, on YouTube, search for us there or click the link in the podcast description. On with the show. Escape from Plan A. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Escape from Plan A. I am your occasional host, Philip, here with Jess. Jess, how's it going? Uh, Could be better, could be worse. (laughs) <laughs> same old same old as of the last year i guess so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah cool um so we are getting together today uh actually first let me do some housekeeping i guess if uh, uh if you have not already please uh, hit subscribe on whatever podcast app you have um and of course check us out on patreon.com slash um to help join our writers fund uh so jess you and i um are here to talk about a very specific thing. I don't. I feel like some of our episodes we just like do this thing where, like, someone will bring up a tweet, and then the entire episode will be based around the mm-hmm. tweet or whatever thing happened online. But that is, um, this is going to be one of those episodes. We saw this uh, interesting tweet on Twitter from I think a week back or maybe a couple of weeks back. It's actually from the fourth of April, um, and maybe I will just you know read parts of it and then we'll jump into it. Um, does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. So, so this tweet is from, um, uh, this woman, Christine Carrillo. It's still, it's still up so much to my surprise. Uh, this person is a CEO of a startup, uh, that does like, uh, mental health stuff. Quote and she, CEO, air quotes. Yeah. CEO. Quote, okay. Quote, air quotes CEO. And you'll <laughs> see why in a second. So she, she tweets, um, the most undervalued asset of a CEO is an executive assistant. My EA saves me 60% of time. I'm able to run a tech startup, coach seven CEOs every month, write and surf every day, take uh, an intense uh, online course of some sort, cook dinner, and read every night. Here's how. And then she's got like a thread of like three other tweets where she like lists kind of bullet point things that her EA does for her. I'm not going to read all of them. Um, we'll, we'll link the tweet in, in the description, but I'll, I'll read the ones that are, are juicy and interesting. Um, so let's see here. Uh, number one, email. She handles most of it, so I only have to focus on what needs my sp- specific attention. Uh, two, builds and manages my entire fundraising process, so I can just. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's a typo or not. I can I can just howl up to pitch meetings and do my thing. Uh, three, sales from gathering leads to li- landing sales meetings. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Four, I, just... I don't really know what this one is. I know it's a bit ridiculous. Four, build build playbooks. This is a big one. Anything we do more than three X's uh, gets a playbook. I think I know what she means. Um, it's been a term that I've seen uh, a couple of times. Playbook is kind of like a process yeah, uh, management yeah. system. So like a pipeline. If X, like it triggers, it's like a... It's like just a command, right? If X happens, you know, trigger Y protocol. Right, right, right. 
something that a CEO or CEO should be handling because it's like day to day operations. It's needs pretty to high be. level operation stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But her but her EA does all of it apparently. <laughs> um, okay. Ops. Air quotes uh, EA. Air yeah. quotes CEO. Air quotes EA. Yeah. Number five. Ops. All the things I have no time to do. Zero. Update finance models. Run and manage payroll, etc. Uh, six recruiting and onboarding new employees. <laughs> um, I'm basically reading all of them because they're all they're all pretty juicy. Number seven, drafting investor updates. Okay, fine. Number eight, sends and manages invoices for coaching clients. She has a, a side gig where she she does executive coaching, so that's what her EA does for her as well. Um, number nine, research. She's better than an MBA intern. And <laughs> number ten, angel investing helps me do diligence on her own investments. And so much more. She does all the things I don't need to be doing. So, so that was the <laughs> that that was her her little thread on um, you know how she splits apparently sixty percent of her work or time uh, with some EA that she hires and pays. And then the the kicker was this like follow up where I think uh, um, another um, maybe CEO or executive type um, reaches out to her on in a reply and she says like. Hey, like this is amazing. You know, I'm looking to hire an EA of my own. Where did you find this person? And then this first CEO says, "Oh, I I hired her directly from the Philippines." <laughs> so, <laughs> after I think after that tweet, um, this thing like and the responses to it kind of went viral and started blowing up on I I guess like you know startup Twitter, VC Twitter, or whatever. I think that's how it got into our feeds, but. Um, and then it intersected you know, with the communist Twitter, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. Um, and it's interesting because the responses to it are, are almost what you'd expect, but it's kind of split down the middle, right? I feel like there's a whole bunch of responses of people who are like, holy shit, like reacting to the, you know, obscenity of the situation, you know, the whole what do CEOs even do kind of crowd, right? Um, you know, people like bringing up like the average salary in the Philippines, which is, I think is like, uh, was it 20, 22, 23 grand? Sorry, the median, uh, average, the median salary is like 20 grand USD? Yeah, average salary is something like 7,500 USD. Right, right. Per year. Um, yeah, I should, I should yeah. Have, yeah. And, and then you have the other half of folks who are like totally bought into, you know, the startup CEO world and like praising her for like, you know, oh, like being a CEO is all about like smart delegating and you know, making sure you're working your connections and making you're sure you're only doing the things that are, you know, top priority on your list, which is true, right? That's not, I don't think that's incorrect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think where we found this kind of crazy was just like this, this, the notion of this like person in the Philippines who, you know, is hired up, not sure how she found her, right? Like maybe through a connection or online or something. And this person, this, this person in the Philippines appears to be, you know, according to this CEO doing a great job handling most of the work of a CEO. <laughs> yeah, right. that's that was my reaction. Like I, I just came across uh, uh, the tweet kind of early on. Uh, I didn't see mm-hmm. much, like I didn't see the, you know, sometimes you see like the reaction to a thing before you see the thing itself. This time it yeah. just kind of came into into my feed. So I looked and I read the first one. I was like, huh, interesting. Okay, well, if she's able to do all that, then she must be doing something right. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I unf- unfurled to read the whole thing. And then I get to like, like tweet two in this uh at that point i'm like well okay (laughs) what is she doing then this is like by the time i finished reading everything she had laid she had said her ea does i'm like well 
yeah, no shit, you're able to do all that. You do nothing for this company that you technically own and you're the quote CEO of. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the things she's listing out, there's obviously the gaps here that she would fill as kind of the face of the company, right? Like the the one that stands out the most is like the sales part and probably the pitches, right? Like she, the, the EA does all the work to gather the leads and set up the meetings. But like, you know, this person, the CEO herself would go and actually do the sales meeting, right? Because she's the face of the company. She maybe has the right skills to land a sale or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe to some extent too, like you, you would, you could even say like, Hey, like it's not, she doesn't deem it appropriate for her EA to complete the sale because of two things, right? One is that her title is executive assistant, not CEO or head of growth, head of sales or whatever. Right. And two, she's, you know, Filipino. I think, I think there's right. a, that's the important part it, here. I think. Yeah. Like the white face needs to be the face that does the quote unquote, like actual work of like interfacing with customers who's going to pay them big bucks to do stuff for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, though now you might question like, Hey, maybe this EA is so talented and skilled that she could probably fucking land the sales herself. Right. Well, I mean, if you read it, if you, if you read it um, critically, um, it's, it's really the case that this, this lady, Christine Carrillo, uh, she's just the front-facing PR person for this right. Filipina CEO that runs an entire business from the Philippines. <laughs> That's really That's right. it. Uh, I mean, maybe the cl- right. like, especially like number two, right? Like, builds and manages my entire fundraising process so I can just show up to pitch meetings and do my thing. Um, she's over-indexing this showing up and doing the CEO thing that you know the magic dust that people uh, valorize so much. Uh, right. But this means that she's going where this quote EA is sending her. That's um, right. Especially with she, email. She handles most of it so that I only focus on what needs my specific attention. No, actually you're doing, you're focusing on what your assistant tells you you should be focusing on. That's right. You actually Which have takes, very little, little, uh, little say in this. Uh, yeah, and this is like about it, your design. Because it, it takes judgment. It takes like strategic judgment to decide like, you know, hey, these emails need immediate attention. These can be deferred. These can be delegated or whatever, right? Like, and that mm-hmm. judgment is the judgment of someone who can execute well in a business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, That's the fundraising the process too. Yes, yeah, entirely yeah, she, here. Yeah, he is making making that call, right? She's making that that sound judgment. Um, and for the fundraising process, like, yeah, there's, there, you know, the, the process of like getting leads for, you know, investors, you know, putting together uh, decks, honing the pitch, all that stuff, right? Like, that's a big part of it as well. It sounds like half of that at least is delegated off to the EA as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty astonished um, that uh, she put this up, honestly. Can you like, <laughs> clearly a company that that solicits investment, you know, investor funding, uh, investor attention. If you were an investor in this company and you've read that this is what your CEO uh, is doing with her time, uh, right, I mean, how right, would you right, feel? Right. right? I'm yeah. like, oh, sh- okay. I put but, money uh, into this, into this, and she's off cooking and surfing, surfing, and this, uh, this. Uh, assistant in the Philippines is basically running the business. This means if I'm, if I send her an email, it's likely that it goes through the assistant. Right. But you, but you had to keep in mind, I think that like people who are maybe her investors or customers, again, fall into that second bucket, right. Of the responses where 
they're bought into the ideology of what a you know Silicon Valley type CEO of a startup should be doing, right, and should be achieving, which is you know in this case like hyper gamified, you know, optimized delegation of her work, right? They'd be kind yeah. of like maybe even venerating her and celebrating her ability to shore off this stuff, right? Like literally I, I mean, offshore it. Yeah, I mean. I- that makes sense, uh, given the you know the particular pyramid scheme that she might be embedded in, and in which case the investors are just one rung up on the on the pyramid scheme than she is, and she's scheming to get to join them. Uh, yeah. But it's a pyramid scheme. For one thing, I looked at her her website, her business. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, talk about like high level corporate grift here. Her entire business is building high growth companies, coaching other CEOs and mm-hmm. writing about entrepreneurship and leadership and human psychology and all of that. This is right. her entire job. Right. So this is, this is like the, uh, this is like the, the, was it the business coach or the real estate mm-hmm. investing coach that we talked about in a previous episode, right? Yeah. So this um, is primo yeah. advice here. It give like, this is ridiculous. Um, but then once I actually dug into, uh, wh- you know, what the hell, because uh, I don't think any CEO of uh, an actual like tech company. This is not a tech company. This is no. Uh, this is a leadership grift. Um, right, right. I don't think a tech company CEO would. I don't think it would cross their minds to write a write a thing like this. Um, it's it, uh, not without like risking serious investor ire. Like you went through this with your own company. Uh, would you put it on Twitter that you're <laughs> you took their money and you're surfing every day? <laughs> you know no I, mean? I i no i wouldn't but i also kind of understand that like you know the kind of people who would give you money as a ceo or executive of a company again might expect that kind of level of you know they wouldn't call it grifting right but like the ability to set up a pyramid scheme set up a grift set up this kind of like hyper delegated workflow and they may even applaud like, hey, you know, so, you know, Philip can run the company and also still find time to take care of his family and surf every day. Right. Yeah. yeah so it's, this it's is like the right? it's not... a certain mindset. Yes. Where yeah, this is actually a, where this actually can seem like a legitimate business strategy. This is the this is the uh, uh, what is it? T- Tim Ferriss's five hour work week mindset. Oh, right. Yeah. Of, you know, you have to optimize your life so you can spend as little time working as possible mm-hmm. and extracting as much value, i.e. money out of that process. Otherwise, you're kind of on the side of the losers, right? Not on yeah. the side of the winners. Um, being played out quite a bit here, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Um, and I, I think this is like, also, I think, I, again, I think there's a couple aspects here we should talk about. Like one is the, the face of the company, right? So you mentioned one of her businesses, which is like exec, executive coaching, right? Her other business, her actual startup, is like a mental health, like wellness, kind of like online directory mm-hmm. or something like that, right? If you think about this this archetype, this like you know, young to maybe almost middle aged woman who, uh, white woman, right? Um, driven, That's critical to this. I, to this, yeah, very driven kind of type A persona, as you can see from her aggressive like optimization of her work. Right, she's she's almost like the the perfect face for these kinds of businesses, right? It makes sense for a white woman to be running a company that deals with mental health, right? It makes sense for a you know type A white woman to be you know uh, executive coaching other people, even white men, mm-hmm. you know. 
And it maybe doesn't. Very, yeah, it's yeah, a very white girl bus. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's a good short. You know, that's a good kind of shortcut for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you you maybe would have a harder time imagining like a young Filipino woman, right, doing the same thing. Ah, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe they're actually American, right? Because again, this is a person in the Philippines. We haven't even got to the whole like, you know, them being a, a offshore and like in a different time zone and all that stuff, right? But mm-hmm. It's just not the same kind of fit, right? Yeah. With this, this, this kind of uh, these two companies that she runs and the whole career path, and 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 the fact that like that's the right kind of face you want to be doing the sales meetings to be, you know, um, you know, it's like it's like those those companies in like Japan and China and stuff that like have random white guys on the ex- executive team who are just there to like jump to meetings to make them you know look better, like even like that yeah, whole I ideology. About, I know. I thought about those. I mean. Yeah. The difference there is that it's very clear who's pulling the strings on that. This uh, this woman here is True. convinced that she's actually, you know, um, the boss Running in this shit, situation. Yeah. Right, uh, right. This is somehow like this is somehow key to her success that she's delegating stuff she quote does not need to do, not being the white front facing person for a Filipina business owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you switch the races and the genders around, this doesn't. This starts like I think you would see a very different mix of comments. Uh, res- yeah, and, and in this case, like you know, to your point, the, the the Filipino woman is not the owner of the business. Like I'm, I'd be surprised if she had equity at all. Yeah, she's right? probably getting paid a fraction of what this uh, girl boss is being paid. Um, and no matter how how important her job is to this the functioning of this uh, this this company, it's all denigrated as assistant work. This is all stuff. Uh-huh. Like she writes articles about this, uh, you know, how to delegate. You know, she has an entire article. Or the, her most recent one. It's all about time theft and how <laughs> uh, and how you should be getting back the time that you're quote wasting on shit you don't need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and if you compare, compare like that actually sounds reasonable, right? Like oh, she, she mm-hmm. talks about, you know, waiting on hold for a phone call or attending like, um, school picnics. I'm like, wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. You're, you're saying that a function with your child for school is a waste of, all right, I'm not going <laughs> to even touch that. I'm not even going to tug on that thread. Um, and talking about like, like meeting, like, like meeting someone over coffee to quote pick your brain some you know accepting someone's uh, request to meet over coffee to talk about business or something uh-huh. she's labeling all of these, these things as time wasters and and given a certain lifestyle i can see that right you do need to maximize your time you only get so much of it uh you do need to be pretty ruthless about what is and is not worth your time and then you contrast that with her thread where she's basically saying like 80 percent of the work that a ceo has to do is pointless Right. Um, this whole this the whole meaning gets gets completely uh, undermined here. Like, what actually is worth your time as a CEO? Then, um, like, my yeah. EA saves me sixty percent of time. I'm able to run a tech startup. No, you're you're not. Actually, she is. Coach seven CEOs every month. Like, what's more? I don't know what you're saying to these CEOs. You're charging them money, and your base your basic advice is going to be hire an executive assistant on the Philippines and pay them peanuts. I think this is why this whole thread is so fascinating, you know, to all the people who have responded to this thing in that, like, you know, the general kind of conversation and like, you know, pro labor leftist spaces and so on is like, 
you know, CEOs are overpaid. It's, you know, a whole lot of theft they're doing to their employees, all that stuff, right? And then the response from like, not just kind of libertarian pro-business types on the right, but also even just people who like kind of understand like business a bit better, even on the left, would be to say like, hey, like CEOs actually do really important stuff, right? Like, you know, in addition to being the face of the company, they actually like execute on a lot of things, right? Including like running operations, hiring, fundraising, blah, 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 right? Um, and and that's why they, they, sh- they ought to earn, you know, a high six-figure salary or get bonuses in the seven figures and so on and so forth, right? But what's interesting about this thread is that it actually breaks down like literally point by point because she has this like really organized list, right, of the stuff they do do. And yeah, they're difficult things. Like they actually take a lot of skill and expertise to do them. But she admits to not doing them. Like like not even needing to do them. And like, okay, ops, updating finance models, run and manage payroll. Christine, do you not know where the money in your company is going? (laughs) Is that what I'm hearing here? Yeah. Okay. There there, there is the, the angle to this where she's kind of being irresponsible maybe or like not a good not an effective CEO because she's not aware of these numbers and stuff. But there's also an angle where you can say like, maybe those things don't matter that much. Like maybe those things can be fully delegated and you don't need to pay someone seven figures, right? A seven figure bonus to, to do these pieces. Right. Cause apparently you can pay someone like 20 K in the, in the Philippines uh, to handle it. I think that's the, the thing about this is that like it, it reveals how the sausage is made and it reveals mm-hmm. how much of a, like a lie and how much theft there is like if 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 someone were to point out you know this is like a perfect response like sharing this thread here is like a perfect response to one of those you know libertarian pro ceo types who are like oh they do important work it's like is it really that important right okay i see where <laughs> like, you're getting at and i agree um you're, you're describing like um inflation like like vc inflation right I've seen a lot of yeah. that. Like we've all seen like the the kind of dipshit startup and that gets a spectacular valuation or, or lands a huge round of funding and uh, and you justify it with some and I, I feel like you justify it retroactively. You're saying, Oh, you know, we need to score all these visionaries and visionaries don't come cheap, blah, 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 blah. And you know, that kind of so it's it's almost like chasing that big number becomes an end onto itself. It's not a reflection mm-hmm. of what of your need, it's a reflection of the kind of image you want to project out there um so like a tiny little company that scores like a hundred million dollars in funding um you're trained to see that as like oh whoa they must be really onto something um when in fact like a lot of those companies don't need this kind of money in fact it's a trap for a lot of them Mm -hmm. um i actually thought the show silicon valley did a pretty good job at breaking that down honestly uh did you watch that show I, I did. I actually watched the well. I watched the first three seasons, and I actually just got HBO recently, so I might finish it up. Yeah. I would like to hear your thoughts on how the series ends. I thought it was a very good ending. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were very upset about it, um, but uh, but it's a very thoughtful <laughs> ending, and it's actually it makes the show age very well. I think. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think Mike Judge has always been good at like kind of understanding, mm-hmm. you know, the milieu or whatever of American life and depicting it in a very satirical but accurate way on screen so yeah uh, i mean my dream like my dream like like ted talk lineup or whatever uh, would be <laughs> would have been to get mike judge and david graber into a room together 
Oh yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's never going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. uh, David Graeber passed away, unfortunately, but that would have been such a that would have been a fantastic talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, but the, so the show goes into like breaking down the mystique, right? Like this young company is getting is the newest hotshot in Silicon Valley. All of the VCs are va- basically vying to shower them with money, and they get the advice like, "You actually don't want this money." You're not going to, it's, yeah, your, your actual value is far less and you should take that, uh, at the, so you can, um, so you can grow more organically and not stumble in your next round of funding that you're going to need to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so the proper advice is to take less money than, than what other people, what even the fancy names say that you're worth. Um, and so it's kind of, it kind of pokes a hole in this hole. Like, well, if you want quality, you got to pay for it. Right. The that one to one ratio between like dollar and quality uh, does not it's it's a myth. So I think what you're saying is like, yeah, you don't need you, if you're a tiny little startup, you don't need to necessarily hire a hotshot COO at like half a million a year to manage your to manage your shit. Um, you should be getting by on a little bit more bootstrapping than uh, that what you think you you need. Like the rest is going to be all vanity and padding the numbers. Is that what I'm is that about right? Yeah, that's that's a. I mean, I think the word the word inflation is correct, right? Like the the necessity of the work being done by the this person is blown up to a proportion that is not quite correct at both the like mythologized level, but also the practical level, right? Yeah. Practically speaking, like Christine here has revealed that practically speaking, someone you know who is less qualified than her in terms of title can get a lot of these things done, right? Like I don't wanna I don't wanna speak out about, you know, the this Filipina EA's like education or skill or experience or whatever, because I don't really know much about her, right? But it, it turns out that like a lot of this work, you know, can be done by someone who is not a mythical CEO. Right. I think that's the the takeaway here, right? And mm-hmm. maybe many maybe maybe often more often than not, it's not like it's not done by a the CEO and, and they they do have these like really excellent EAs who do this work right like the, the work of an ea is actually quite fantastic like not just from this thread but like you know having met some and know, knowing you know what the top ones can do um they do handle a lot of this stuff maybe not this much but they do handle quite quite a bit of work and mm. they do get paid pretty well like in the in the u.s anyway they can pay be paid like you know in the low six figures right for like a truly excellent ea for a uh you know for a, a ceo of a maybe super large company right yeah if it's done um, right it's definitely it's a it's a career starter right so yeah. i've seen you start as an ea you spend some time in the trenches for maybe a few years and then you get put into like an ops uh an ops career track mm-hmm. um where you can i mean that's uh so you can you can top out at like oper- like coo operations officer right or at least you know, like a VP or something in a bigger company. Um, so when it's done right, that's a good pipeline. I feel like what this is kind of what this thread is kind of uh, exemplifying is that there's a ceiling that happens if you're a certain type of person in this role, right? So mm-hmm. this person is basically handling handling uh, like CEO, like C-suite level tasks for this presumably yeah. small company, but still only being considered an EA. In fact, doing everything that this quote CEO says, she just doesn't have to do um yeah i i would actually that's a good point i I would actually say like given the type of work that the complexity of the work and the amount of work 
that this EA is doing, you know, being paid 20 grand or something in the, in the Philippines. That's the same work that I could expect the COO to, you know, to, yeah. to do. These are right? business decisions. Deciding yeah, who the CEO meets for fundraising, uh, hiring. I mean, like number six here is recruiting and onboarding new employees. Holy shit. Yeah, CEOs literally do that, right? At, at a smaller yeah, company. This, I mean, so. I guess, I guess, one the presumption here is that this is a fairly successful, scrappy startup, right? That 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 pulls in money, has customers and clients, yep. and is is doing is uh, doing the work to actually. So that's an assumption. We don't actually know. This could be just a, a giant dumpster fire of a mess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so she's saying she offloads this to the EA and like the whole thing is just in shambles. That could very well be happening too. Presuming it's not, uh, this EA is absolutely handling uh, C-suite level business decisions. And these are all, and I think it's easier to denigrate that because um, she's she's an underpaid worker in the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah, and also like maybe not even just underpaid, right? Because she's just making. Well, I don't know. Maybe she is paying her. I doubt it, but maybe she is paying her. You know, double that of what uh, the average or median Philippines salary is. But even then, it's still half or less of what she should be making as a EA, mm-hmm. right? If she was in the states, right? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a bigger but- conversation here. Like we talked, we touched on this a long time ago. Um, like you know, the the new po- like policies, what what stuff's going to look like, uh, especially compensation is going to look like in right. a new like work remote from work. home remote work situation. Exactly. So this yeah. is possibly like this is possibly touching on that conversation too. This is what an is extreme case study con- of that, right? It is, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. but it's clearly it's that day is here. Um, like what is equitable compensation for someone who handles so much but is overseas? Do you pay them well compared for where they are, or do you owe them compensation according to you know where you are, the value that it's bringing to you personally uh, here in the United States, right. um, which probably has right. the highest compensation rates in the world for this kind of thing? Absolutely, um, it does. Yeah, yeah. It's but a, but it's, also not not, not yeah. just that, but also keep in mind like this this person is physically in the Philippines, right? So we're talking about halfway around the world, you know, right? So they, if they are working on Christine's schedule, which I assume they are if they're an EA, mm-hmm. then they're going to be working like a night shift all the time, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> you know, it, it's just ex- uh, it feels just extra unfair, right? On top, of, uh, on top yeah. of what is already happening here. And I think for me, like the, the biggest injustice of this is not just that like this person is, you know, I, I don't know if I would call them being exploited, right? But it kind of feels like it. The The biggest injustice is actually the 10th, the final point, which is angel investing helps me do diligence. Clearly so doesn't this, proofread her own damn tweets either. Yeah. So many typos yeah. in this. Um, that's right. She didn't get her EA to, to look it over, right? Before she posted <laughs> Maybe she didn't want to. Um, but, her, her, but, but her EA is literally doing due diligence on investments that I assume Christine is going to make to, in theory like further her own wealth mm-hmm. right if these investments blow up which the, the plan is that they do right so mm-hmm. in so many ways like this labor from the philippines is being exploited not just to like run day-to-day shit right but also to like further you know put large amounts of money into christine's pocket yeah um, and doing like building this business um managing it doing like she knows more about this company than the ceo does guaranteed 
Um, and the oh, yeah. disparity in, in labor here. Like, okay, so she's doing all of this. I'll bet she's not taking an intensive writing course, cooking dinner and reading and surfing every day. She's nope. not doing that. Uh, so it's it's guaranteed. I can bet you uh, this EA does not have equity in this company and is not getting paid proportionate to uh, the value that she is um, is bringing to this company. She's not doing labor for the company. She is the company here. Right. I mean, she, yeah. the CEO doesn't even do research on investors. <laughs> yeah, she, she deems that like, you know, way, way beneath her. Her role as the head investor in the company, or head, yeah. you know, head corraler of investors in the company, because because my understanding of CEOs like in in the startup world, especially at maybe the stage that her company's at, is that like one of your main tasks is to like get investment, right? Like yeah. that's you know outside of the day to day stuff, like that's the kind of your, an overarching task you have, right? Yeah, and for it sounds multiple like, years, your job is if you're CEO, like CEO doesn't actually exist as a standalone title. If you're a young company, it's it's more right. like you are the COO, CFO, CTO. You you will wear multiple. You'll be your own EA, in other words. Um, right, right. You'll be all of that and your own executive assistant. You're not actually a CEO for a long time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because a CEO at a startup like hers is very different from a CEO at like a you know Fortune 500 company where you right. are you are really there to like you know almost run day to day right and keep keep growing profits and all that stuff right here it's like mm -hmm. your day to day in a startup is to like do those things but also you know do the fundraising so you can grow to the next level and think about growth and all that stuff right but yeah she appears to be doing I don't know very little of that. Um, at least the, the work part, right? I'm, sh I'm sure there's like the thinking part and so on, the strategy part that maybe she still directs, you know, uh, from from above. And that's you know, what she thinks about while surfing. Yeah, or whatever, right? Um, mm -hmm. While reading and so on, right? But like <sighs> the actual, you know, actual work, right? Of like the emails and communications, the like, you know, deck building, like all that work, work, the stuff mm -hmm. that people would ask, like, what does the CEO do? Like that work is completely shelled off. Right. And it's mm -hmm. not that, and I think the thing we're trying to take away from this is like, it's not that it, it is shelled off to somebody else is that it can be right. That like this work maybe isn't worth as much as it, get, it gets paid because it, it can be shelled off. It can be broken down into, you know, jobs that others can take, you know, you can split the, the salary <laughs> to some extent. Right. Yeah, uh, these aren't these aren't like these. I I I hate the like. Um, um, I don't know what what the right word to call it is, but um, like people see this this tech work as kind of this priesthood. Uh, like there's some like halo around all this work, right? Like there's some kind of glory or mystique to it that's impenetrable mm -hmm. to a mere mortal. When in fact, it's just being in the trenches and just doing it. You know, mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. very glamorous. It's not also some of it is a grind. Some of it's not very hard. Um, so this is kind of pulling back the curtain on like, well, if you were so motivated, this is work that a properly motivated person uh, from anywhere can take. You don't, It doesn't need to be some Stanford graduate or or what have you. Um, so there's that. I mm -hmm. think the more relevant one to me, though, is uh, like tying it into like bullshit jobs. I feel like this is kind of a pyramid scheme. <laughs> of a bullshit job. 
like her That's her right. job here on Twitter and in her business is basically to get other people to sign on to this model of work. She's coaching seven CEOs allegedly every month, and presumably she's sharing tips like uh, like like be ruthless about what is and is not worth your time. Like get yourself an executive assistant, underpay them, and make them do everything you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this constant pyramid scheme where your success is measured by how many people you can you can uh, throw under the bus on your way up. Like who can who else can you scam? Right, right. And if and uh, if she's seeing this and like it doesn't, and if she's not losing investors over this, then this means that the investors are also uh, a engaged in this exact same pyramid scheme and are looking to reward that. So I'm I'm glad you brought up this uh you know this bullshit bullshit work notion from David Graeber, which we you know have talked about on this show many many times uh, before because I want to actually use that to talk about the second thing that's popped up online just today actually and we can we can get back to Christine and her her old shtick as well right but I want to introduce this other uh, thing that happened so um, there's this BBC News uh, article that came out today five hours ago actually um, that's titled Italian hospital employee accused of skipping work for 15 years. <laughs> so <laughs> this guy's my hero. Yeah. So okay. So this guy um, is a civil servant in a hospital. I guess he's like he works in some kind of administrative job, right? And he managed to skip work um, for 15 years and and still be paid his full salary. And he was reportedly paid um, 538,000 uh, euros. <laughs> over that period of time where he was not working and there's this whole investigation now going on trying to figure out like how this happened and you know all that shit like he's probably gonna have to pay this money back i don't know how it's gonna work he's gonna he's probably gonna go to prison i don't know right but um but the fact that he was able to do it for that long is fascinating right Mm because it really does make you wonder like okay this is a hospital right like hospitals actually do stuff Right, they actually like bring in patients, treat them, you know, uh, take care of people, run surgeries, you know, birth babies, all that stuff. Right, like there's physical human services being completed here, right? Mm-hmm. Yet amongst all that actual work that's being done by the you know nurses, doctors, like you know caretakers, uh, clerks, and so on, there's some amount of administrative work where you could apparently have a person who's hired but not show up for 15 years mm-hmm. and the hospital still functions, right? It's still like the, the, the work gets done. The surgeries get done. The babies get, you know, yeah, no born one and so on. No yeah, one, was, then, no oh, one no, yeah. lacked the money apparently, and no one, you know, uh, no one was, uh, no one's like, oh my God, we need, we need, uh, we need him back or something. Like, where is he? Uh, no one noticed. That's right. Yeah. That's like um, the definition of bullshit work. That's right, right? So yeah. um, this this actually makes me think of a, a, a story, not a story, but like um, an anecdote from my, my father-in-law who is a retired surgeon uh, in Toronto. So he, he used to work um, at this hospital in Toronto for, he worked there for a long time, I think like 20, 30 years. And he said like, in his early years, or at least in the, maybe the years before he he joined, like in the early history of this hospital, um, it's a it's like a Catholic hospital, so it it like had some affiliation with the church, 
And the administration at the hospital in the early days, like back, I guess, in the maybe the 80s or 90s or something, um, probably the 80s, was run by, like, he said, two nuns. Like, there are these two nuns who, like, you know, maybe ran the chapel, but also, like, did a lot of the administration stuff, mm-hmm. right? And he witnessed this administration uh, work balloon from, like, these two nuns to, like, a massive staff of people, right? And he often basically describes exactly what David Graeber describes in the book Bush at Jobs as to what these people do, these, like, kind of, you know, public sector clerks, administrative staff, and so on, right? They, like, push papers. They, like, run meetings. They, like, have conversations. They, like, you know, do workshops. They, all this stuff that, you know, from his perspective as a surgeon who actually does, like, literal surgeries, um, appears to be nothing like appears to be like i don't know like i'm sure it's something right i'm sure it's like booking patients making sure equipment gets ordered like you know doing all the accounting billing you know as as this hospital becomes bigger and bigger as a business like i'm sure they're doing that stuff but from his perspective it seems like it's not that important and Mm -hmm. certainly it didn't need to be as large a staff as it turned out to be right which is like hundreds of people kind of thing right from like two nuns right that's the contrast he's trying to draw um so that's kind of the immediate thing I thought of when I when I saw this uh, article about <laughs> this guy skipping work for 15 years. Um, it, it you know it's a it's kind of a it's, I mean this story is obviously like a haha funny BBC story, right? Like put out there, it's going to go viral because it's so jokes. I've, I actually saw it shared with me from like a couple of different people, <laughs> and then like my wife told me about it separate, independently as well, right? It's, it's obviously going viral, but mm-hmm. like, but like why? Like why is it? <laughs> Why do you think this kind of story like resonates with people? You know, uh, I mean, free money for one thing, without having to actually work for it. So just like the joke of like this, this like king getting away with this mm-hmm. grift for fifteen years is yeah. But this, I feel like this is kind of the dream. Like there was that story. Um, uh, I think uh, there's a similar story, but you know, in typical American fashion, it gets way darker. Um, like I, th- I saw it last week, but I'm not sure when this actually happened. Someone got uh, someone got like 1.2 million dollars accidentally transferred to their bank account. Oh shit! Okay, in yeah. the states somewhere. In the states somewhere. Okay. Um, it's a black woman, uh, and she immediately she was like, "Oh, what, what?" So she immediately <laughs> moved the money into a different account, and then like bought a car okay. and a house. <laughs> oh, she bought a house uh, with it. She bought a house with it, or at least like I don't know, like put a down payment on it or something. Okay. Um, and then they uh, and then they contact her to give the money back. She's like, "Oh hell no!" Uh, as, as she should. Uh, they actually arrested her. Oh, so wow, okay. it's actually, but it's actually like the uh, I don't know the legal ins and outs, but the article in fa- was uh, also expressed some like like confusion. Like n- no one's actually sure how this is going to play out. Right. Like it's not. She didn't steal that money. This is very obvious. Um, a mistake on the bank's part uh, right. caused that money to be funneled to her account. Um, like what what what's going to happen here? A hilarious clerical error, right? In, in the same way, error, yeah. In the same way that with this story in Italy, it's like the error, the error of the hospital for not following up, having accountability, having a manager mm-hmm. who check and so on. Because it says here, like in the second paragraph, he is now being investigated for fraud, extortion, and abuse of office, right? So he's being punished, much like this woman is being punished for taking advantage of, you know, uh, a failed system or an error in the system. Mm-hmm. 
Right. I mean, and and I think it's a it's got to be motivated. It like this is not um, like the second to last paragraph. Um, kind of there's there's a little thing there that that could be the actual legal linchpin for this, right? The police have also accused him of threatening his manager to stop her from filing a disciplinary report against him. So if um, if someone had noticed and uh, and then he threatened that person to yeah. Uh, to sell, then obviously yeah, there's a legal complication. Assuming though that uh, that no one that you know just simply he slipped through the he slipped through the cracks. Where's the fraud? Right, right, right. Um, yeah. I, it'd be really hard to nail him for fraud on this. And I mean, I, I'm not an expert on any of this, but um, it uh, like to bring it to an example that I know a little bit more about. Um, uh, do you remember all those cases of like uh, hackers in the in the states, um, Philip? Like, uh, like you mean like over the decades or like a specific? Oh, yeah, over the decades. Like, uh, like I remember some really bad cases where um, like somebody finds an exploit in like a, like a bank's login or just yeah. any kind of sites, and they actually report the bug. They don't exploit it, but they do report the bug. Uh, some of them actually got arrested. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard of the stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, as if they were trying to exploit it. Um, That's right. Yeah. So, um, so there's a there's a bit of confusion on on where responsibility lies here, right? Um, and and like people who do manage to exploit a thing based on uh, based on hacks that are actually well known inside the company, right? But these people who take it to take advantage of it, they're the ones prosecuted. Uh, now it's a tricky, like it's a tricky moral and it's a tri- te- tricky technical, moral and legal question here. Where fault lies? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because in both the case of uh, Christine, the startup executive, and you know this Italian guy not working for a long time, and and those hackers and the story of this woman, there's there's kind of theft sort of happening in all those cases, right? Like theft of money or like exploitation of labor or something like that, mm-hmm. but our response to it as the public, like when we see these articles or when we hear these stories, see these tweets or whatever kind of differs depending on, I guess a bunch of different factors. Right. But like, you know, we, we seem to have a, a different sense of when it's okay for this to happen and when it's not like, I think the response I've seen mostly to this Italian guy, not, not working for 15 years is like, Oh my God, this guy's a fucking champion. Like yeah. respect, you know, I, you know, like, and you oh, feel bad that he's captain. being, yeah, 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 and and for the, the for the woman too, it's like, oh yeah, like yeah, I hope she got, bought a bought a nice house. You know, it sucks that they're they're taken away from her, mm-hmm. you know, because the bank fucked up, right? Yeah, um, you know, um, it 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 is, is kind of interesting how we can draw those lines. Um, you know, what 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 you deem to be justice or just versus uh, not, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, I it's think very that, clear to us that like the CEO is like you know doing something that's kind of shitty. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's a there's a spectrum on this moral gradient here, right? I think um, I think the fact that this Italian hospital employee is just like a like a clerical worker, administrative worker. Um, matters uh, in this like if he were say like a yeah. surgeon and he yeah. just skipped out on the job for 15 years and drew his paycheck i think the response would be somewhat different um, yeah and the difference the, there is it's we're talking about a bullshit job versus a real job right mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the, I, that's the defining difference that makes it okay versus not 
Yeah. And this isn't to like say, you know, anyone who works at a hospital isn't a surgeon. That is automatically a bullshit job. But I think uh, you know if what you are doing is a bullshit job or not, you know? Um, Yeah. This this employee recognized that and they took advantage of it. mm Mm-hmm. So it's right, like, yeah, fuck you. I'm getting, I'm getting paid. Um, it's probably likely that a surgeon skipping out on on work that uh, that that uh, that paycheck would be noticed in a big hurry, right? Oh yeah. So I think people are kind of enjoying this because it's like, ah, uh, it didn't hurt anybody. In other mm-hmm. words, um, yeah, it really, did. it really didn't, right? There's no, there's no it, exploitation. He, there's no harm. There's mm-hmm. theft, but there isn't harm, right? It feels mm-hmm. like a, it feels almost like a Robin Hood kind of like theft, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, you know, he didn't harm anybody. He got a ton of time back. Um, you know, they didn't have to waste doing this job that apparently no one, um, really gave a shit about. Um, so why not? You know? So I think this is just like a kind of an acknowledgement for a lot of people. Like there's a lot of the, a lot of the work that we do, not necessarily like hold jobs, but a good part of each job comes with a ton of bullshit. So if we could just like trim those off, that would be so much freeing. That would be so freeing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe. And the, usually the, the trade-off the, is you get your freedom, but then you're broke, right? That's that's the stark. Right. That's the stark trade-off that most of us yeah. have to deal with. You know, uh, this guy managed to kind of win both counts. Okay, so let me bring up a third story, and I want to hear your response to this because this this one's kind of interesting. So. Um, you know this this BBC story got shared with one of my my friends like chat groups and one guy saw it and he uh, shared a story that that he heard or he's I guess he's not involved in it but he, he heard it so he said uh, he works in IT and he says um, I have a coworker in Canada um, who's Indian and he has a friend back in India who's a programmer. Okay, mm-hmm. so this Indian guy in Canada paid his friend in India like 20K Canadian a year to program full time while the Indian guy in Canada did zero work except to attend some like yearly meetings to present his friend's work, like his Indian friend's work. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and okay, my, my, my buddy is passing judgment on this. He's saying like he thinks that the Indian Canadian guy definitely works smart, not hard, um, you know, and that this exploitation or this arrangement is considered okay or acceptable. So this one's interesting, right? Because this is like kind of the same thing that's happening with this like Christine CEO with her Filipina, you know, executive assistant, right? Paying her a fraction of what her actual salary is to do the work. Um but here in this case is interesting because like it seems clear that this Indian guy in Canada like has kind of a bullshit job in IT because mm-hmm. he can kind of like just get away with not really doing it himself and like just presenting someone else's work and he just kind of like I guess chills chills at work all year. Is this any is this any different actually? Does this feel different? <sighs> yeah, to me it feels different. Um. I I see because he's not putting on himself some, some like halo of visionary glory, 
That's right. right. Unless he's t- he's going around talking about oh that my buddy in India is doing you know my bullshit work like all the stuff I don't need to be doing because I have so much bigger better things to be focused on blah 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 blah. Right, right, right. Uh, he's not doing that. He's simply like this is this is an exploit in the given system. But um, I don't I don't get the sense from that story that he's like denigrating the work that his buddy's no. doing. No. The way that Christine is denigrating the work that her Filipino Filipina uh, EA is doing. Right, as being beneath her, beneath yeah, her pay grade, beneath her role, her title, and he's not selling this as, a, and he's not going, he's not going on the road to pitch this as some like strategy. Right, 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 right. Yeah, he's just uh, kind of sh- sharing it, it amongst IT buddies, kind of thing. Yeah, right? he's not going on Twitter and saying like, "I coach seven uh, software engineers every month on how to do this, how they too can surf and cook and and read and write every day." Like he's not <laughs> right. doing that. He's not doing right. a whole like 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 uh like pyramid scheme leadership grift his perception of this is different right because my my buddy telling me the story here describes him as like his friend back home in india mm-hmm. like it, it almost sounds like he's kind of like i don't know if he's justifying it or if he just thinks of it as just like he's providing an income right and okay and i looked this up too by the way like 20k canadian is like like high high average for uh, indian salary mm-hmm um, so he's giving him like, you know, an income, full-time work to do, you know, pretty stable until he gets caught or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's how he perceives it. He perceives it as almost like, you know, he's got this arrangement that works for both of them. Yeah. I mean, you know? it's, it's about as like value neutral to me as, uh, say like, uh, uh, like, I don't know, like using a delivery app. Right. Um, it it costs quite a bit to use. I think we compl- I've complained about those apps quite a bit. It, they charge yeah. a high premium, but you're getting. But uh, if you use them, you're saying that um, getting this time back that I would other otherwise have to spend either cooking or you know uh, going out and getting this food myself is worth the cost. Uh-huh. Um, right again, like they're not going out and like, hey guys, I'm. S- I have this amazing life hack. Do you want to not ever have to cook while also eating? Uh, use, <laughs> you know, use this, uh, use this app, right? Right. right. Um, it's it's a it's it's a commercial transaction. Yeah, um, and there's a premium to it, right? Like you do pay, yeah. you know, a little bit more for like that delivery luxury, right? In mm-hmm. the same way that this this you know guy in Canada, you know, he's taking a chunk of his salary. Like twenty k is you know from an IT guy in Canada, like that's a decent chunk pretty, of your it's salary it's a decent chunk yeah it's not yeah. pit, it's not a pittance right um, but apparently you know he has enough left over that he he can make, make this arrangement and still be happy right mm-hmm. like so, it was worth it to him to uh to take home less but have that time back yeah um so i see this as i i don't see a problem with that and he's paying competitively with what that value uh, competitively uh for indian wages so this is the i see this as a win-win um mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. I, I don't know it seems fairly uh neutral to me you, you've heard of these kinds of stories before right just like people yeah. who like yeah they work in it often and they just like don't do any work and they actually you know offshore it basically right not necessarily mm-hmm. to a friend but just like offshore to somebody often in, someone yeah in south um, asia yeah, and I mean, I mean, a lot of companies do this to more, and people do this to uh, to greater or lesser degree. Um, mm-hmm. 
like uh, like at my previous job, it was a small company. Uh, so I ended up wearing a lot of hats, but um, like things like uh, putting together like presentation decks, I'm not a very, I, I don't know how to put together like a good looking presentation deck. Sure. Um, so I found someone off like a gig site, right? I never met her, but she was in, she was in like Kentucky or something, did great work. I paid, I paid exactly what she was charging for that work and yep. I got a great looking presentation out of it, you know? Yep. Um, so it's it's kind of like supplementing it's supplementing stuff that I like I I could spend like five times the time on it that uh, that uh, the person I hired to do it and it wouldn't have been as good so it really was better uh, from all standpoints to hire that out. Um, right. So um, so like it's a supplement to the work you're supposed to be that that is on your plate. Um, and it's up to everyone to kind of decide what that what that work is. And if I'd gone to her and was like, okay, so um, there's a whole like you did a great job on this presentation. Now here's this whole other packet of stuff that uh, I want you to do because I'm just done doing that doing it myself. I think we run into problems. Like if it cuts into like core aspects of what my job description is, now we've run into a problem. Mm-hmm. If I'm handing right, over, because like, entire- you're supposed to be doing that right in exchange for mm-hmm. your salary. Yeah. Right. But you found this like insane arbitrage or, you know, yeah, exploit like, the system to do it differently. Yeah. Like Jen. Um, yeah. I, I have a couple of people coming in to like, can you just handle the hiring please? Um, I have some, I have <laughs> yeah. some deep soul searching to do on, uh, you know, I, I got to catch a pretty sweet wave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that becomes a problem. That, that is different. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the issue with Christine's thread is that she just reviewed a little bit too much. You know, she could have said like, maybe half of the stuff she said and she wouldn't have sparked the same outrage. You yeah. Know, I'm really surprised. Like the things honest. people, like it's making conspiracy theory uh, inclined people look kind of dumb because people just say the stuff out loud now. Yeah, um, apparently. There's no, there's no like oh, what they're really thinking. No, they say what they're thinking now. It's kind of crazy. No one put a gun to Christine's head and yet nope. here she is. Yeah, and she uh, and she hasn't, and despite the crazy backlash, she has not taken it down. Like this thread's been up here for weeks now. I mean, props right? to her. Maybe she's kind of a shame pig. Um, any all clicks are good clicks. Um, I think. I think it's. I think it's because of that exact second bucket of people who are praising her for this, mm-hmm. right? And like her thinking, you know, the the principal Skinner thing in The Simpsons, where he's like, you know, <laughs> am I so out of touch? No, it is the children who are wrong. Like, yes. She's bought into that same ideology as well that like, you know, she is providing a valuable service by sharing this like life hack or like career hack that she's come up with. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's profoundly okay to narcissistic. Do this, right? It's it so is, profoundly yeah, yeah. narcissistic. Um, and it's it really reveals that uh, the Kool-Aid that's been that's been being passed around in American tech spaces where there's mm-hmm. just this ineffable like it factor that justifies these obnoxiously high valuations and salaries and generally being total uh, dicks laying waste to society. <laughs> um, yeah. Like what does she do that warrants this kind of, that, that warrants this, uh, this um, superior, this confidence in herself of her own value. Like given all that this EA does for her, if the, if she pisses off the E this EA, I feel like the EA could just lock her out of all of the accounts and hire a new white woman to be the pitch person. 
seriously. Yeah, I mean, like, she, she probably has enough access to destroy this woman's business from like a technical standpoint, but also maybe from an informational standpoint. Like, she probably knows a lot of their completely trade like guess secrets who, and like you know like bad shit they've done, bad accounting. Like you know, mm-hmm. if it's just as simple as like, I wonder where the where her passwords are. I bet the EA knows. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. So, you know, she could totally do a little coup d'etat from inside here. All the employees are apparently vetted by her. She knows where all the money's going. She knows how to get the money. All she needs is a new front person uh, to pull the strings. Like, yeah. okay, darling, you go surf and occasionally I'll call you in to take a, to go, to go pitch this uh pitch this here's your deck here's the here's what i want you to cover um all right so that's your job now um i don't know this is just this is just an astonishing display of narcissism (laughs) what gives you what gives you this this uh, superiority complex over this person i'd be a lot more humble if i were you um yeah, and I think this I, is I, like I, the fumes of like white girl boss, uh, pheno- the white girl boss phenomenon. It is definitely the apex of that for sure. Yeah, because um, I don't think I, I don't think even uh, I don't think a, a dude or even a white dude could get uh, maybe especially a white dude. I don't think you could get, get away. away no, with no, this. that's a good point. Yeah, they probably would not. They would, they would. Well, I mean, she got a lot of flack, but I think a white guy would get way more flack. Way more. Um, like what the hell do you mean? Like you coach, you write and surf, you cook dinner and read. Like what the hell, you bastard? Yeah. Um, but that it's a woman. There's this sheen of like, yeah, you go get it, girl. Um, that lends a little bit of wokeness to mm-hmm. whatever she's doing. Like, okay, yeah, if it's working for her, then you know she's clearly doing something right. Um, uh, I don't. I think that's on its way out because this can't. This cannot last forever. That's kind of scary because I was saying that that if you have some level of wokeness to your identity, be it you're a woman or you're a minority or maybe you're a queer or whatever, that you can get away with a additional layer of exploitation that your straight white male equivalent could not. I think this is limited to white women at the moment, though. Like, imagine that Filipina executive assistant writing this tweet thread, right? Imagine if their positions were exactly reversed. Right. Yeah, but I feel like they would get hate for being like a woman of color founder. Yeah, so I or think this is an CEO, exploit right? that's not open to all classes of uh, to all classes of people. Yeah. I yeah. think this is unique to white women for the moment. Yeah, and again, I think that goes back to the idea that like she is the you know the quote unquote correct face to be doing the shit that she's doing right not just mm-hmm. the exploit but like the you know running this particular startup running this particular coaching uh you know business mm-hmm. right like it's just like a, a almost perfect fit of of identity to do those things but also to be exploitative in order to achieve them yes that's the ex- that's the that's the intersection of the venn diagram here yeah <laughs> uh and that's where this woman is sitting yeah, um, like and, if this and, is and a, half the people are, are are cheering her on, right? That's they're not just saying like, "Hey, this is there's something kind of stinky about this." Mm-hmm. Um, I think the balance of comments, you know, pro or con, uh, negative or positive comments would be way different. Uh, mm-hmm. If say like let's say it's it's Christina Carrillo from the Philippines who's talking right. about this, I think it would, the reaction would be way way different. Uh, so this is this is a unique exploit in the in in the current social like schema 
so what can we take away from this, right? Aside from, okay, this is a very kind of blatant answer to the question of like, what does the CEO do? And like the kind of follow-up question of like, is it actually worth any value? Like, is it actually of value, right? Like what, what else can we kind of take away from this, uh, you know, this event here, this incident? Um, it can go like, I think you started touching on this earlier that, you know, it pulls back the mystique on a lot of this, the actual grunt work that goes behind it. I think you and I talked about this before, right? Like what's a, what's the difference between a like a startup versus just a small business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you say, small business, um, there's definitely not as much glamour or any glamour associated with it, right? Uh, people kind of understand it to be full of grunt work. It's underpaid, exploitative, not not that many people really want to be in that. You say startup and it's a whole different kind of thing, right? You mean just the words? Or you mean like literally like a small business as in like a lifestyle business, you know, selling some actual- Oh, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about actual- just the, the social perception of it, of just the like words. A- Okay. Yeah. 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 Small. Yeah. A small business feels like it's like, you know, mom and pop or some immigrants run it or something like that. It's like they're doing an actual thing where they like it's a small restaurant or they're selling some, you know, some some locally produced goods stuff like that. Versus startup sounds like it's like, you know, high tech or tech adjacent. You know, has executives. You know, running it. Uh, big big money going into it. Big money coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Right high risk, high reward, that kind of thing. Completely different perception of what that business entails, right? Yeah. Even though both those terms could be used to describe, you know, a business, right? Yeah. And a startup at the earliest stages is no, it's a small business, Um, right? There's no functional difference in my opinion. Uh, It's like, I think, I think we, we touched on this before too. Like all those people complaining about how there aren't Asian American entrepreneurs, Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're both like, what are you talking about? Like half of half of small businesses that I see are run by. Yeah. Or there's so many Asian and Asian American small businesses. Yeah. Uh, but somehow this does not. Uh, but does so we know what what that we know what that means when people are complaining about oh there's not enough uh, entrepreneurs among Asian Americans. Like no, you're you're talking about people with that mystique, the glamour. That's right. That's right. The startup entrepreneur. They, they mean a startup entrepreneur. They mean. More so like a tech entrepreneur, right? They mean like this kind of business, right? Yeah. They mean you had to have a nice like Web 3.0 website. They mean you need to have like an app, right? Yes. You, you need to have like, you know, a, a social round, justice mission statement, right? some, yeah, you know, You need to have C-suite titles, like you need mm-hmm. to have that kind of stuff. They don't They don't mean like, you know, you run a, a pho shop, right? Yeah, or, you're not you, running you know, a, like, a, like a, a diner. You're not running a laundromat. Uh, you're not running a dry cleaners, uh, stuff yeah. like that. And, so, and not even not even the immigrant like you know kind of typical businesses, but even like if you were say a millennial and you wanted to start a business, just like selling you know like a lifestyle business, just selling like you know goods, like selling actual things, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't know, selling furniture or selling whatever. Like you know, it's it's different from the idea of this like high tech startup that's very digital, very online, you know, very yeah, high I growth. Think that kind of I thing. think people are kind of. I think it's that idea is kind of expanding though because i saw i saw on instagram um a new little like pottery shop in mm-hmm. los angeles and mm-hmm. they call themselves a startup right mm-hmm. they're like uh like we're we're you know we're doing like locally sourced pottery from local artisans um it's a startup dedicated and like uh, hold on you're a pottery shop 
yeah, they're they're trying to adopt the language. They're trying to adopt yeah. the the mystique, right, and apply yeah. it to what is normally just a you know category A small business kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So this is either so at that point it's and I'm not saying like oh you're a pottery shop you're you're nowhere near what you know my definition of a startup would entail. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's either it's either that pottery shop is a startup or uh, like there's no functional difference. Is no, is my yeah, point? Yeah. Um, the difference is entirely marketing. It's PR. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at this uh, this website for um, uh, I don't know what it called. It's, it's, so it's like a, I guess it's a restaurant, but it's like one of those you know ghost restaurants. It's online only, right? That's like oh, kind of run off kitchens? Instagram. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, but it's not really a ghost kitchen. It's like this individual woman, like a Taiwanese woman in Toronto who's like selling dumplings. She got like laid off from her job or something and she's selling dumplings now, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, the dumplings are very like nicely photographed. They're like 20 bucks for like a plate. Like they're expensive, they're higher end. They have a very trendy website, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this thing is elevated like mm-hmm. at, the, at its price point, right? I don't know if it's actually any good. You know, I don't. Th- I don't think it's necessarily like two times better than like a you know mom and pop shop selling dumplings, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. But the, all this kind of like language mystique, this Instagram kind of aesthetic, right, has made it feel like it's a bigger thing, right? Yeah. Um. Than it than it actually is, and and I, I think also in addition to all that stuff, should there's some stuff about you know probably donating proceeds to fighting you know violence against Asians and stuff like that toss the top of it as well you know these are all the kind of trappings you need right these days to run a small business that feels like yeah to project the image that it's a a much bigger deal than it actually yeah. is yeah uh and worth the money i don't yeah. i don't knock them for the hustle um right uh mm-hmm. like i saw i think it's it's uh, like i see you know in asian space sometimes people complaining about that like a restaurant that's you know like uh, the one that always comes to my mind is there was a a, a viet a Vietnamese woman who opened a like high-end bistro in uh, in LA, I think down in Long Beach. I'm not sure if it's still open or not. Uh, but mm-hmm. her specialty, her flagship uh, menu item was this roast chicken that's $65. Okay. Uh, a lot of money for a damn roast chicken, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was a little off the mark for people to, like other Asian people to be like, oh, pff, I'd never pay that much for a roast chicken. She's paying airs. I go, like... Like, well, if it's a hustle and people are paying, who are who are we to hold back on that, right? Why should other people? Sure, I guess. Like, yeah. there's a ton of places that charge obscene amounts for, you know, a, a fucking roast chicken. Um, why not, right? Like, shoot right. food stars. I, I, I don't, but, I don't care. But then but, also, but the, the flip side of that is denigrating like the mom and pop shops that sell you a five dollar plate of roast chicken. You know. Right. Right. Which, which, you know could be better or it could be the same or it could be worse i don't know right but the difference is and i think this is getting to the point is like um you know that 65 dollar roast chicken from this like trendy you know restaurateur slash new chef kind of thing if you give it that like slick instagram account that slick website that marketing you know and throw on other kind of you know um trendy things around these 
this kind of marketing, like donating proceeds and so on. That's a very common thing now, right? Yeah, I bet everyone listening already has that template in their mind. It has the yeah. gentrification font, the beautifully yes. lit high yes. resolution photographs, the the transitions yeah. in the in the web page. You know, you know exactly what. Yeah, the parallax yeah, transitions knows. as you scroll through a web page. Mm-hmm. You have all those pieces. You put them all together. Suddenly, you can sell this chicken for sixty five bucks, right? Suddenly, yeah. you you yeah. can justify it, mm-hmm. right? In the same way, like we're saying, if you put the right language around anything, you can justify these salaries, right? You can inflate these salaries, like for the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. You can inflate the the veneer. You can inflate the the appearance of this startup, right? Which could be doing some bullshit, but uh, you know, is suddenly valued at a hundred mil. Yes, right. So much of it just boils down to those aesthetics, rather than just the function, you know. Mm-hmm. And I get, I I kind of I get it. Like it's the name of the game, and it's kind of this weird, like. Um, you know, uh, not a race to the bottom, but it's like the kind of, uh, you know, it's like the starting point. Like you had to have that fancy website. You had to have that, you know, marketing, like that level of marketing to even start, right? But that yeah. means that even at the starting point, like these products and services that these startups offer are already overinflated in what yes. they're worth. Yeah. So, so bringing I mean, maybe it back to this thread. Um, yeah. If I'm hearing you right, and I think, and I and I understand your point, I agree with it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's saying it kind of exposed the bare bones of this. That assuming this is a functional, reasonably successful company uh, yeah. that's on its way up, um, this this can be done by a very talented, uh, you know, this can be. This can be done by, you know, someone who I think is unjustly called an executive assistant, but if she's doing it, then she's doing it. Um, this doesn't require like uh, some, it doesn't require like some mystical speech and hiring some Stanford grad with five PhDs or something. Right. Um, it doesn't justify, and it's not work that you necessarily need to pay, uh, exorbitantly for either. That that's the the bare bare bones function. That's the chicken, right? That's mm-hmm. the 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 actual chicken. But the fact that it's you know a sixty five dollar chicken is that this company is run by this like type A girl boss white woman. Yeah, right? that's the marketing. That's the the veneer on top that makes it acceptable to do all this stuff and to charge all this money and so on, right? To to yeah, to, you know, have her be paid her her big fat paycheck. Yeah. Right. So my problem in the, using the metaphor here is uh, like assuming that this company is a the chicken, the sixty five dollar chicken. My problem entirely is that according to Christine Carrillo, the executive assistant is worth like like five dollars of it. She is worth sixty dollars of it. Uh huh. That's right. Um, where and I think the outrage over over that is no, you got it completely wrong. Um, your executive assistant is worth you know sixty. And you're actually worth five dollars on this, and you're or, actually or the or the whole thing is actually it actually should be worth a lot less. It should be a fifteen dollar yes. chicken, and like ideally you'd pay her seven bucks and you pay yourself eight bucks or something like that, right? Something, like that's something a, way more something more equitable, right? The yeah. actual functional value of that chicken is not sixty five. It's been inflated by all this fucking startup talk, mm-hmm. right? And the actual work is actually a lot simpler than people seem to you know uh, venerate amongst CEOs. Mm-hmm. Right or 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 not just not necessarily simple, but could be subdivided, right? Um, you know, for much more reasonable pay than the seven eight figure bonuses that CEOs get all the time around around America. Yeah, so you're like you're like a Costco chicken that you are selling at bistro <laughs> prices to other people who roast chickens, um, and convincing yourself that uh, you're the special sauce. 
That's right. The 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 famous four dollar fifty cent Costco chickens, right? <laughs> yeah. Or I think I went to five bucks recently, and there's outrage over that. Like I went up fifty cents. Um, yeah, there was a little outrage. What's like, you know what? That's still like a slam and good deal. So. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's a good chicken, gonna, right? It is That's, a good it's chicken. Good chicken too. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, a lot of it is like kind of poking. <laughs> like, no, you are not a sixty-five dollar chicken. If you are then you're not the you're not the wood smoked lemongrass uh, special sauce that makes it a $65 chicken. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's that's a good place to end. Like uh, you're just yeah. going through the comments though. It's like uh um yeah, with that lens I see a little bit more outrage from other people in that space like like uh like wow you pulled the curtain back on uh on the actual wizard of oz a little too suddenly and then the other half are like disgruntled former quote executive assistants like you're full of shit i hope you you know choke and die um that's a fair mix of comments i'd say yeah i would say so anyways we'll, we'll share the we'll share the uh the the tweet in in the comments that you can check out for yourself and read all the interesting responses to it so yeah all right. Well, this is a good place to wrap up. Thanks, Jess. Um, Thank this is you. another episode of Escape from Plan A, and we'll catch you next time. All right. See ya. Later. Laters. <laughs>